listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. Uh, what, a, what a blessing it is to worship together and to be here with all of you today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us, those of you who are watching the live stream. Uh, we are so glad that you are here. And before we get into our message today, our sermon today, uh, I want to let you guys know of an opportunity. You know, we are the body of Christ. We look to God. We follow Jesus Christ as our Lord, our Savior. We look to God's Word for direction and for purpose. And we are a church that is called to go and to make disciples of all nations. And I want you to know that as we continue to serve, and if you were to look back at all that God has done, we just continue to give God thanks. We are so excited. I am so excited for what God is doing here through and in each and every one of you. But here's one specific thing that God is doing. If you didn't know, down the road, down the I-17, to where the I-17 meets the 303 on the, in the north, if you go north from here, there is a factory being built, a semiconductor factory uh, from Taiwan, a Taiwanese company that is coming here. There are going to be uh, hundreds of families, not 100, hundreds of families moving here in the next few years. I want to share this with you if you don't know this already. Those of you looking for jobs, okay, maybe there's an opportunity. But no, beyond that, I believe, as we look at God's word, right, God tells us the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. God has provided a harvest of souls to be reaped, souls, people to come, hearts to come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I believe that God has positioned us here, Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, to be a part of saving lives, of bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ. And so here's what I want. I wanted to first let you know that if you didn't know, there's going to be hundreds of families, not just with, from that company, but from all the other companies that are going to be moving here to, be, to support that one company. And, and all. if you think about it, right, you think about the multiplication of just people moving here to the Northwest Valley. God has prepared us for this time. And so I want to invite you all, those of you here, those of you online, dear brothers and sisters, to pray. How can we prepare for what God has in store for us? I don't know exactly what God has in store. And I don't claim to know everything. But what I do know is this. God will guide us. God will equip us for his perfect time and in his, according to his perfect will. And so here's what I ask you guys to do. Dear brothers and sisters, will you pray? Will you join me in prayer? Will you pray? Will you pray that God would prepare your heart for what, for what your part is in his plan? And will you pray for us as a body? for how God will call us as a church to take that next step and to do our part as Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. Again, I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know this. God is speaking to each one of us, and He will lead us, He will guide us, and together we will serve and we will proclaim the gospel 
that the lost may be saved, and that disciples of Jesus will be made. And so would you pray? Would you start praying today? And would you put that on your prayer board or your prayer list or whatever it is, put it on your phone? Would you commit to praying each and every day for God's wisdom and direction? for how he's calling us, not just to reach families that are moving here for a new, from the company that's moving here, but how would God continue to lead us to reach the lost and continue the mission that he's given us? Would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father God, we praise you. And God, I thank you for you. Have give, you give us purpose. We find our purpose in you. Thank you, God, for giving us eternal life, for giving us new life through your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for bringing us together as Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, this local church body, this local church family. And God, I pray that as we are aware that there will be hundreds of people, Asian people that are moving here, and all kinds of other people, God, you have positioned us and you have prepared us for this time. And so, God, we, don't, we cannot predict the future, but we do know this, and it comes from your word. You have called us, the church, to go and to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that you've commanded. You command us to love you, first and foremost. And God, you command us to love one another and to love our neighbor. And so God, I pray, we pray, that you would give us wisdom. That you would give us wisdom, God, and, and you would help us, God, give us boldness to do our part individually and to do our part, God, in your plan as a church, your church, Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. And so, God, we are excited for what you're doing. We're excited for what you've done already uh, in and through all of us as a church here. And we're excited for what you have in store. God, help us to be diligent in prayer. Help us, God, that when we pray, that we would pray expectantly, knowing, God, that you will answer according to your perfect timing and according to your perfect will. Thank you, God. We know the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. I pray, God, that you would raise up workers to reap the harvest, and, God, that you would start with us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in part five out of this six-part series titled Surrender. Surrendering to God's vision for your life. And I'm so thankful for today's message because I know that the truth that we're going to be looking at together this morning is a truth that can bring tremendous grace, tremendous peace, and tremendous freedom in our daily lives. These truths that we're going to talk about this morning will help us live out God's vision for us as the church. And these, that's the whole point of this series the encouragement is, is, can be summed up in one word, surrender. Will you surrender to God's will? Will you surrender to God's word? Will you surrender to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life? Because here's the thing. We've been talking about protecting unity in our, in our church, the unity that Jesus died to, to give us. Nothing causes us to lose our focus on God's vision faster than conflict and division. We know, right, how painful it can be to, to be in an argument with someone or, or to have a relationship that is, that is severed because of an argument or disagreement. 
And we look at Romans chapter 14, verse 19. And if you want to follow along, please pull out your outline. Or you can follow on the screen. Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. You see, in these last two weeks of this series, we will look at what God says that we must do in the area of this one topic. And that topic is offenses. I know some of you are thinking about the Super Bowl. I'm not talking about offense. I'm talking about offenses. Being offended or offending somebody else. If we are to be like Christ and not suffer from division, we need to look at this topic of offenses. You know, next week, we're going to look at how we are not to be given offense to others. Not to be offensive to others, but this week we're going to look at how we must not take up an offense against others. So we're not to be an offense and we're not to be offended. So we'll spend some time talking about how not to give an offense to others, not to be an offense to others, but here's what we're looking at this morning. We're going to look together at the second of those truths. The need to not take up an offense or to not be offended. And for some of us, you've been stuck living a life of being offended. And you've been offended for a long time. And I'm praying that God this morning would give you this wonderful new freedom as we look together at his word today. And so first, I want to take some time to really define this, this word offense. All right, as we get started, uh, because the truth is, we get this so wrong. Oftentimes we, we misunderstand and we, and we get this so wrong. And, and I am included. I misunderstand offense as well. What does it mean to not take offense? Well, let me share with you a few things of what it means, what it doesn't mean. What it doesn't mean. And they're up on the screen. They're, they're in your outline. You can take a look at those. What does it not mean when I choose not to take offense? Oh, that's a mouthful. What does it not mean when I choose not to take an offense? Well, it doesn't mean that you ignore the truth. And you can fill that in. It doesn't mean you ignore the truth. This is one that we in the church, we, we really, we're oftentimes bad at this one. We forgive, but we don't tell the truth that the other person's sin has hurt us. So there's this growing bitterness. When we don't share the truth, when we don't talk, when we just ignore it, oftentimes bitterness takes root in our heart. There's this growing bitterness behind our big smile. How are you? I'm doing great. But you make me so angry. If I could just tell you the truth. You know, it's sort of this passive aggressiveness that we're so accustomed to, to living this passive-aggressive approach to following Jesus. And honestly, it tears our church apart. It tears our relationships apart. Because here's, here's the thing. It is possible to both forgive somebody and to tell the truth with love and with grace. It is possible. And we're going to look at this later. But secondly, what doesn't it mean? It doesn't mean that you minimize the offense. We're also really good at this one. We're really good at minimizing the offense. Uh, sometimes, uh, or someone commits a, an offense against us, and maybe it's a lie, maybe it's gossip, maybe you say, oh, it's not a big deal. Other people are, are struggling through far 
worse things than, than, than what that person just did to me. Many times we even tell ourselves that it's good that this happened because this is going to be a growing experience for me. I'm just going to suck it up and, and, and work through it. It's going to help me in the end. I'm going to be better off. And, and yes, there is some truth in that, right? God uses our struggles. God uses our hurts. God has a purpose for our pain. Many times, right, uh, we'll say this to ourselves, but all of these are actually ways of minimizing the offense so that we end up not really dealing with it. Right? We're great at avoiding. We're great at, at sweeping things under the rug. It's, oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, Jesus called me to love. And so that means, yes, they hurt me, but I just, it doesn't matter. It's like minimizing a pain in your chest, right? Because you don't want to be bothered or, or take the time to go see a doctor. So it doesn't mean minimizing. So choosing not to take an offense also doesn't mean that you let someone keep hurting you. I know I'm going to go through these really fast because we're going to get to this, this other part, but it doesn't mean that you let someone keep hurting you. Because there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. And I want to make this distinction. Everyone, young people, older people, there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Forgiveness is immediate. Forgiveness can be done right now, right in this moment. Say, I forgive this, God, I forgive this person, or I forgive you, I forgive you for this. Trust, trust has to be built over time. Forgiveness is, is commanded. And not only that, it's demanded of us as followers of Jesus. We are commanded to forgive one another. But trust is something that has to be built. And I'll tell you, here's something that, that breaks my heart, and it's something that I care for a lot of you about. There may be some of you here, or some of you listening or watching online. Some of you are in an abusive situation. Now, some of us might think, oh, that doesn't happen at our church. It does. Some of you may be in an abusive circumstance, whether it's physically or verbal or emotional. And yes, the call to forgive is true. We are called to forgive the person who, is, who has or is hurting you. But first, I want you to know this. If any of you, or if you know someone that is in a circumstance or a situation of abuse, I want you to know that first they need to get to safety. I share this because this is real and this is happening. You need to get to safety. First, you need to get to a place where there are people or whatever it is is not hurting you. You need to let someone help you. Because let, not taking offense doesn't mean that you let someone keep hurting you. And so one final thing that it doesn't mean. Not taking up an offense against someone, it does not mean a disagreement or misunderstanding. You know, there's a difference between an offense against you and a disagreement. And some of us today have really lost sight of this fact. Oftentimes we disagree and we think we need to be offended because you don't agree with me. That is not, that should not be the case. We've been talking all of this time that God created us uniquely and different. And yet we are called and commanded to love. And not only are we called and commanded like this is a rule on a list that, oh, you need to love one another. But in Christ, he has given us everything we need to love one another in the midst of our differences. You see, 
guys, brothers and sisters, we need to be examples of the love of Jesus, especially in today's cultural climate where there is so much division, so much disagreement. Disagreement is okay. We have the opportunity to show the love of Jesus, to point people to Jesus Christ, to, to share with them the good news, that there is good news in the midst of the not-so-good news of today. See, there's a difference. Sometimes we act like we've been offended when it's just an honest disagreement or a misunderstanding. I'm not talking about the core truths of the Bible, like we're saved by grace through faith, right? We, we don't, I mean, that is a disagreement that we really need to, to flesh out, that we need to get together and talk about that. I'm not talking about disagreeing on the core truths of faith or the Bible, but, but I'm talking about the thousands of other things that we choose to stand on and focus on and allow to divide us. An offense is a sin against you. An offense is a sin against you. So, the way someone disagrees, it, it could include an offense, right? But if, if they lie about you, if they speak in a demeaning or an unkind way about you, or it could be just that you see things differently, and it, it's okay to disagree. And a disagreement is not an offense. And in fact, it's a strength, right? Our diversity is a strength given to us by God. We can learn from each other. We can learn to be gracious towards one another. We can learn to love one another in the midst of our differences. So in light of all that, in light of what it doesn't mean, let's look at what it does mean not to take an offense. Because here's the reality, right? We're all going to be tempted to be offended at some point in our life. And if you've already been offended today, I want to let you know there's going to be another opportunity for you to be offended. We live in a broken world. We live in an imperfect world. We're all imperfect people. But you don't have to take that offense into your heart and allow it to become bitterness. We need to admit that it's all too easy to live with an offended attitude. But in this broken world, in the midst of the reality of, of offense, I want you to know that you don't have to live offended. You can live free of offense. You can live a life of freedom in Jesus Christ. And so, honestly, uh, sometimes it does feel good to, to, to take offense, doesn't it? It feels good to kind of get riled up and to, to believe that, oh, they are just wrong and, and I am so right. I deserve to be angry with them and to, to hate them. I deserve to take revenge on them. Well, we need to understand that's, that's a sin. That's a trap. And when you reach for that bait, you find yourself in a prison of bitterness. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, dear friends, God loves you too much to let you live that way. And that's why he tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every other form of malice. Now here's the good news. This trap we're talking about, it's a trap that you can avoid. And so how do we not take offense? And the first way is this. First of these five things is this. Ask God to reveal the hurts in your heart. Again, we're good at hiding our hurts. And oftentimes we hide it from ourselves that we forget about it. But God knows our hurts and he cares. 
And you can ask God to reveal your heart and reveal the, what those hurts are. Look at Psalm 139, uh, verse 1. It says, Lord, you have seen what is in my heart. God knows our hearts. In fact, God looks at our hearts rather than look at the outside. He knows all about us. But the truth is, until you can see where you're hurting, you can't see where you need to heal. Until you acknowledge where you are hurting, you can't see. We're blind to where we need to heal. And so you need to ask God, God, is there something I'm holding on to that I have not forgiven? Is there someone that I need to forgive today? Is there bitterness in my heart that I need to deal with? We can't let bitterness and hurt just go unnoticed. And I'm not saying you blast it out on social media or blast it out to everyone in your family through a group chat or email. I'm saying we go to God. And we ask God, God, is there something that I'm holding on to that is leading me to sin? You know, sometimes when you're holding on to an offense, it's, it's like the heat is on it and you're boiling over all the time. Some of you, you feel that way. You're just waiting to explode. But other times, it's a slow burn. It's a slow heat. You're slowly simmering dry. As those hurts are revealed, remember, we, do not, we should not minimize the offense. It comes to your mind, it comes to mind for a reason, and it's something that we need to deal with. The second thing you do is this. Ask God to forgive you for the ways that you have offended others. Ask God to forgive you for the ways that you've offended others. You know, I, you might be thinking this, well, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought we were talking about those who have offended me, Steve. We are. And, and, and to get there... We have to admit that we also offend other people. We offend others oftentimes. Let me remind you of Psalm 139, verse 23, uh, as a prayer that you can pray and that we should pray. And actually, I pray this all the time. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense, offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, this is called having humility, to recognize that, yes, we have hurt others. And, and even as I deal with the fact that others have hurt me as well. Uh, you know, looking back at, at my life, I don't know if you guys know this, but I've been a pastor for almost 13 years now. Right? I don't look that old, do I? Right? I've been a pastor for almost 13 years. That may not seem like a long time for some of you. But to me, that's a long time, 13 years. But here's the thing. When I look back, it's not about the years. But I am very grateful when I look back at all these years serving as a pastor here at Northwest. I'm thankful for the wonderful things that God has done. When I look back, I look at the lives that have been changed. I look at the people who have grown, uh, the men and the women that have grown to love and serve the Lord. I look at uh, people who have gone out from this church and, and go and serve in different cities, different states, different countries, different places. I'm aware of all the great things that God has done in and through us, but I'm also very well aware that I am a sinful, imperfect man. I'm very aware that oftentimes I have probably offended somebody. I've offended people through the years, whether it's through my unkindness, whether it's through my impatient judgments of people, whether it's a, a comment that I, that I didn't think about before I said it, whatever it may be, I know that I have hurt people. 
And for those things, I need God's mercy. I need God's grace. And I want to ask for forgiveness. But see, I don't take God, my need for God for granted. I don't take God for granted. I recognize that I need him. And so I pray this prayer, God, search my heart. Show me if there's sin in my life. Show me if there's wrong attitudes that I'm holding on to. Show me if there's an offensive way in me and lead me to righteousness. Lead me to the right path. Lead me to the way, your way everlasting. So as you're asking God to forgive you for the ways that you've hurt others, remember the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray also. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Jesus taught us to pray and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Those are tough words, aren't they? God, forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. But here's a question to think about as we think about, yeah, how difficult it is to forgive. How would you like it if God forgave you in the same way that you forgive others? For some of you, I pray that it's like, yeah, I'd love that because I forgive everybody. It's like Jesus has forgiven me. But for some of us, like me, it may be a big wake-up call. But you know what, God? I have not been obedient to your command to forgive. God, I need your help. God, help me to forgive. You see, the, the truth about forgiveness is that our forgiveness towards others deeply impacts how we also look at God's forgiveness. Did you know that? The way that you forgive or the way that you don't forgive, it, it reveals what you believe about how Jesus forgives you. And I was just sharing this with, with a family, with friends before uh, the service today. I was sharing with them that so many people come up to me, Christians, young Christians and older Christians, longtime Christians. They share with me, Steve, I, real, I don't know if God can forgive me because I've messed up so many times. Right? And I want to point them back to God's word. I'm like, do you not know John 3.16? Do you not know what Jesus did on the cross? Do you not know what Jesus said on the cross before he breathed his last breath? That it is finished? Do you not know that Jesus only had to die one time to forgive you of your sin? He doesn't need to be crucified again. But see, once we know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, then we also will be able to forgive others. What's the third thing? We need to forgive the one who offended you. Forgive the one who offended you. This is where freedom comes into play. This is where you get out of that prison of bitterness. Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Remember that the Lord Jesus Christ forgave you and we are commanded and equipped to forgive other people. Forgiveness is at the center of not taking offense. It's at the center of what it means to follow Jesus. We are forgiven people, therefore we should be a forgiving people. But right now I'd like to dig into this a little deeper, this, uh, this topic of forgiveness. The forgiveness of an offense. So I just want to share with you these, these four things here about forgiveness. Okay? 
forgiveness of an offense. First, what does, what does it always mean? I'll give you two things that, that forgiveness always means. Uh, number one, you always surrender it to God. You always surrender it to God. You release it to God. You trust it and trust it into God's hands. This is what it means to forgive. It means you release it. Whatever it is that you think that somebody owes you or what someone needs to do for you because of what they've done to you, you release it to God. It doesn't mean you forget about it. It means you give it to God. You always surrender it to God. Because when you hold on to this, when you hold on to hurt, when you hold on to offense, it turns into bitterness. It turns into hate. And if you don't give it to God and allow God to heal you from the inside out, then you are stuck in this trap of offense. You are stuck in this sin of bitterness and revenge. You know, there are two Greek words in the New Testament for forgive. One means to offer a gift of grace, and the other means to release, to set free. So that's what you do. You release it into God's hands. You offer that gift of grace instead of trying to hold on to it yourself. That's something that you always do. Now here's something that you sometimes do, and then I'll get to the other thing that you always do, and then another thing you do sometimes. The thing you sometimes do is you sometimes overlook the offense. You sometimes do what the Bible tells us to do in Proverbs 19.11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. There are times when someone is unkind or, or, or selfishly rude to you, and you choose to overlook it. This happens in our family. This happens in our friendships. This happens in, 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 with our acquaintances. We hurt each other all the time. But yet, we're, we see each other all the time. Sometimes you choose to overlook it. You give it to God. Okay? You're trusting God to speak to them about it. You're trusting that God will help you to move past it. You sometimes overlook the offense. Third, you sometimes point out the offense. Sometimes you overlook it. Sometimes we're called to point it out. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. is the famous verse from the Bible on this. Here's what Jesus taught us. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. We need to go to each other, brothers and sisters. It doesn't say go to them and accuse them and tell them everything that they did wrong. But if you realize that, that a brother or sister is caught in a sin or they've sinned against you, we are to go to them with the goal of restoring them, with the goal of helping them, with the goal of encouraging them, with the goal of, of caring about the relationship and making it right again, with the goal of loving that person. Now this verse in Matthew 18, 15, it gives us one of the most important and one of the most violated principles for dealing with offense. If you need to point it out, Scripture says, go to that person who offended you and privately point it out. Now, oftentimes, what do we do? We do the opposite. If somebody has offended us, we go over to, to that group of people, that person over there, and we go tell them about everything that this person did that we didn't like and that person did that we didn't like, and we go tell each and every person except the person that, <laughs> that offended us or that hurt us. It's not easy to go to somebody and have that conversation. I know that. But this is what God has called us to do as brothers and sisters, as followers of Jesus, to live out this command to love. This is an application of love, brothers and sisters, to go to one another and to talk through it. And it can be complicated. 
and it can be hard. And, and yes, you might need to roll up your sleeves and your hands are going to get dirty. I'm not saying you're going to fight physically. I'm saying it might be difficult to talk about. But you need to go to them and you need to work it out. You always release it to God. You sometimes overlook it. You sometimes point it out. And here's the last thing that you always do in regards to forgiveness. You always refuse to take revenge. Revenge is like acid to our soul. It eats us up. It destroys us. And if you let those thoughts of revenge continue, they will threaten to overwhelm you. They will be divisive in your life and in your relationships and in this church body. We cannot let those thoughts of revenge and bitterness go unchecked, and we cannot continue to hold on to them. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. This is part of what it means to put it in God's hands. You recognize that God's the judge and that you're not. Because here's the thing about revenge. It sets up a cycle of unforgiveness and of pain. You hurt me, I take revenge, I hurt you. So you take revenge, and you hurt me again. And then I take revenge, and I hurt you again. See, it's never ending. You see, but some of us are like, well, Steve, I've never taken revenge against somebody. I only thought about taking revenge. Continuing to hold on to those thoughts of revenge is the same thing. We need God's power and God's provision to forgive one another. We need God's power and provision to let go of the offense. You see, and just as a side note to this, letting go of the need to take revenge is why we as followers of Christ can work for justice. This is why we do care about those that are in need, those that are oppressed. This is why we do serve those that, that need help. It's because we have received truth. It's because we have received forgiveness from Jesus Christ. And therefore, not only that, but we've been called to help those that are in need. James chapter 1 verse 20 says, human anger does not achieve God's righteous purpose. See, if we're starting already with anger, then we will never live out God's purpose and plan. We will never live out God's vision for us when we start with anger. But when we start from forgiveness, we're trusting God to achieve his purposes through you. That's the foundation for serving the Lord and loving God, right? It starts with Jesus forgiving us and, and giving us new life through what he, he did on the cross, his shed blood, his sacrifice, his resurrection. And some of us, here's a quick question for you. How many times are we supposed to forgive somebody? You Sunday school teachers out there, how many times are we supposed to forgive somebody? 70 times 7, what does that mean? How many times? I can't do the math. No, but that's not the point, right? We all know the point of that story that we teach our children, right? 70 times 7 is just an example of limitless times. We're called to forgive people without limit. We are to forgive. It's a command, okay? Now, here's why it's so important. You may have not experienced someone doing the same wrong to you seven times or 70 times, but you have certainly experienced thoughts of what someone has done to you. And you keep bringing it up over and over in your mind. It's time to give it to God, brother and sister. 
Let me get back to these last two things that we are to do, to not take offense. Number four, pray for those who offended you. We need to pray. We need to pray. And I'm talking about pray in, in accordance to God's word. I'm not saying pray, God, send your wrath upon them, for they are horrible people. They offended me. No, pray for God to help you to forgive. Pray for restoration in their life, for a change of heart in their heart, that God would change them from the inside out. But see, Jesus taught us to pray not against them, right? But to have the faith to pray for them. It's a whole different way of living, right? The living out the love of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, Jesus taught us, but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who have offended you. Love your enemy. This flies in the face of our world today, doesn't it? Love your enemy. Pray for them. Here's the final truth. Remember that God's plan for you is greater than their offense. Remember that God's plan for you is greater than their offense. God has a greater plan. When offense happens, it can feel like it's going to ruin your life or it's going to control your life or control how other people, affect how other people are going to think about you. It's going to ruin your future. I want you to know that's a lie. God is in control. God has a plan for you. God is going to complete that plan. God is greater than the offense. He can take even the suffering that you go through and use it for his greater good and for his glory and for your benefit. We all know the story of Joseph, right? His brother sold him into slavery. But God used even that painful, horrific tragedy, right? For your brothers, your family to sell you into slavery. And yet you see in that story... God, bringing good, bringing good out of it. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what, he is, what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, he didn't minimize the offense. Joseph didn't minimize it. He didn't say it was a really good thing that my brother sold me to slavery. He said, you intended to harm me. What you did was horrible, but it it didn't minimize the offense, but at the same time, he maximized God's person. He maximized and highlighted God's power, and he highlighted God's provision. God intended it for good. Now, what they did wasn't good, but God worked it out for good. And I want you to remember this. God's plan for you is greater than their offense. God's plan is greater than their offense, and he will see you through and so I want to close with this. I want to close with this. Looking together at just these last two passages on the power of the cross. The cross where Jesus died for our forgiveness. And without the cross, we cannot have forgiveness. There would be no forgiveness. And we wouldn't have power to forgive. And I want you all to know that as a pastor, I struggle with the temptation to sin every day. And I know you all don't struggle with sin. But I want you to know that I do. I am desperately in need of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ every day. And I'm just as desperately in need for the power of God to forgive other people. And so here's a simple truth. Two truths about the power of the cross that I want to finish with this morning. First, you find power for forgiveness 
at the cross. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. We know we can't do anything to, to earn forgiveness. And that's why the only place to find forgiveness and salvation is at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the only place to find eternal life and forgiveness is, is when we look to Jesus and we look to the cross at his sacrifice and his resurrection. And number two, so first we find the power of, of forgiveness at the cross. And here's the second truth. At the cross of Christ, we find the power to forgive others. At the cross of Jesus Christ, you will find the power to forgive others. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 says, For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the, the dividing wall of hostility. And we know as Christians there's no way we could earn forgiveness. There's no way we could work to gain it. But that's the amazingness of God's grace, isn't it? That's the beauty of grace, is that it's getting something that you don't deserve. This is what Jesus has done for us. We deserve to die and go to hell because of our sin, but Jesus died so that we would not have to go to hell. That by grace, through faith, we can be saved. And see, some of you, we've been talking about disagreements and things that are divisive and that cause division in the church. And I want you to know, I know full well that you've been offended. I know full well that you have disagreements, even with people here at church. But I want, you, I want to encourage you with this. That if you are here, brother and sister, and you're going through a disagreement with someone here in this body, I know your mind is full of all the ways that you could respond, all the things that you might feel that you need to do or actions you need to take. But I want to encourage you with this. Maybe some of you feel like, well, I just need to step away. You know what? This is too tough. I don't need this. I don't need to be offended. I don't have to need to be hurt here. This is a church. I don't like the way things are going on here. I just need to leave. Or I just need to stop. I just need to quit. I want to encourage you. To remember that God has a plan. And maybe God is calling you to stay. Maybe God is calling you to be faithful in the midst of frustration. Maybe God is calling you to be faithful in the midst of offense, knowing and as you trust that God is working in and through you, just as he's going to working in and through the other person that you've been offended by or that you have a disagreement with, that God has a plan for this. And so I encourage you, don't give up. Don't leave. Don't stop serving the Lord. Don't stop doing what he's called and equipped you to do. But let's talk about it. Let's work together. And let's protect the unity that Jesus died to give us. And so I invite you, if those of you here, some of you, you want to live this love out. You want to live this out and you want to apply this, what we've been learning. And so would you pray with me right now? Would you bow your heads? Would you say this? just between you and God, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me. God, would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me? I know you died on the cross to bring forgiveness. And Jesus, I remind myself, I know that I need it and I need you. God, thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, thank you for your unconditional love and your amazing grace. And Jesus, I choose right now by faith to join you in praying that prayer that you prayed for those who are committing that offense against me and against others. That ultimate offense 
as you died on the cross, God, I pray for forgiveness, and I choose forgiveness, God. God, help me now as I have received your forgiveness. God, help me to forgive that person in my life who I have offended, or who has offended me. And God, I pray that you would lead the person that I have offended, God, to forgive me as well. Father, I forgive them. God, would you help me? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, I want to invite you to stand. We're going to sing this song of response. If God, specifically in light of this word today, if God has led you, you know, you realize you've been holding on to bitterness and you realize how it's destroying you, it's destroying relationships, or maybe you're holding on to this attitude of offense. I, if you've given it to God today, I want to invite you to come in to pray. I want to invite you to come and pray with me. If there's, you made a decision today to trust Jesus Christ, you realize that you need His forgiveness, and you put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, I want to invite you to also come as we sing this short song, that you would come and share with me so that I can pray with you, and I can walk with you and encourage you as we, as we sing. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcasts. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.